What's up, people? This is your girl, Ortandia, and you are tuning into your favorite podcast, House of Ortandia. How you guys doing? How are you? Man, it's been four weeks today. Today um, being um, the four-week anniversary, if you will, of Mr. George Floyd's murder um, on a Minneapolis street. And so it, it has been an interesting four weeks I'm sure it's been in your city. It's definitely been in my city. Um, but you know what? We're gonna have. We're gonna talk about it. We're gonna talk about. Um, we're just gonna talk. We're just gonna talk because we can folk. We folk. So what's up, aunties? That's listening to this, and uncles, and brothers, and sisters, and nieces, and nephews, and grandma, and granddad. We're gonna have a family meeting today, if you will. So okay. Man, you know what I think before I get into it? I just think this movement of equality, um, I think it's it's I think it's here for the long haul. Now I don't mean to now differentiate between rioting and looting and fight for equality. There's a big difference. Um rioters and, and I said this on my last podcast, riot rioters and looters. Um, some of them are just angry and they, that's the only way they know how to express themselves. And then some of them are agitators. Some of them are, are not even black. Some of, you know, it's it's a whole bunch of people mixed into that. And I talked about that last podcast, so you can go and check that out. But, um, and that's that group. But when I'm talking about the people that are in this movement, this push, this fight for equality, fair treatment, Um, this is for the long haul. I feel, in my opinion, I feel like this is for the long haul. This isn't just going to die away. This this is not going to just fall away. August the 1st, we're talking about something else. November the 13th, we're talking about something else. I think this is for the long haul. Um, you know, I I think it's, it's different than the civil rights movement of the 60s. Only, you know, of course, those that are doing the work, whether legislatively or via protest, they stand on the shoulders of those from the 60s, of course. You know, um, they stand on the shoulders of Flonzy um, Brown Wright. They stand on the shoulders of Fannie Lou Hamer. They stand on the shoulder shoulders of um, Rosa Parks and and, and, and all of those people, you know, all those uh was it SNCC, the Southern Negro, uh, blah, 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 blah. I can't think of it, but this is the, the organization that Fannie Lou Hamer started. So they, they stand on their shoulders. The people today, they stand on their shoulders. Um, and so, um, but now I think we have, because of social media, I think that plays a big part of it. Things can go out faster. More pressure can be put on. Um, organizations and legislative bodies faster through show, social media. Um, I think this movement is for the long haul. Now, do I think tomorrow all of a sudden white black people going to be equal in this country? No. I think it's going to take a long time. I think um, we'll, we'll see a little trickle of it. I think our, the younger generation will, will reap the benefits of it, of what's happening now. That's what I... Just like we reap the benefits of what they did in the 60s. We're reaping the benefits of it. You and I, you know, the protests that they did and the, the sit-ins that they did. We're reaping the benefits of that. 
we're able to vote. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I think the younger generation will reap the benefits of what's of this uprising of 2020. That's what I call it. I don't call it a rebellion. I call it an uprising. People are tired. People are sick. I saw a hashtag today, yesterday, and it says we're done dying. You know, you, you we're done. This you done. We, let me tell you something. I was talking today, and I was like, I refuse, absolutely refuse, to be in a space and to make myself and to make myself small so that white people can feel comfortable. And let me tell you what I mean. Like, if you speak a certain way, oh, she's angry, she's aggressive. Or if you wear your hair a certain way, oh, ooh, I don't know that you should wear your hair like that because that makes white people uncomfortable. Or if you speak on certain topics or if you speak out against certain things, oh, you know, you're being, I don't know. I think that's, you know, that's over. We're, you know, we're post-racial and all this kind of, you know, you know, or I don't see color. You know, well, if you don't see color, you don't see me. I'm not interested in, in <laughs> I'm not interested in you getting to know me or me getting to know you. And so I just, I, I, I was like, I, I'd rather die than to silence my voice, than to make myself small, than to try to fit into the grooves of what white people feel in, what do they call it? The, the model minority myth. I'd rather die than fit into that, 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 that myth. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm in, in, mm my hair is kinky, coily, and I love it. I got thick roots. You know, I, I do have locks, but I love when my lock, my roots are thick, like a big old afro. I love, um, I'm semi-freeform with my locks, and I'm, let me tell you something. <laughs> Ooh, child. Uh, yeah. I love it. I love, you know, I love my dark skin. I love my you know, I can speak aggressively. You know, I love my directness. You might, some some might see it as being an angry black woman. I see it as being direct. I saw a quote today. Uh, my niece said, uh, you so used to, people so used to um, being around fake people, not saying what they mean. When somebody is direct with you, you take it as rejection. Rejection. I, I fell out when I saw that. I said, yes, niece. Yes. It's like, I, I'm not rejecting you, boo. I'm just direct. You know, you, you <laughs> stop being around fake folk. People that are telling you what they need, what they require of you, how you're going to treat them. They just let you handle them any old kind of way. So you can't handle me any old kind of way. And so... It, to you, it might feel like, oh, she rejected me or she mean. No, I'm direct. You will handle me the way that I tell you to handle me. You're going to respect me. Period. Period. And I'm going to respect you. Because I can't ask or demand respect from people. And then I'm disrespecting people. I'm not I'm not on that. I, re, I'm, I, I re, My love language is respect. <laughs> respect. <laughs> Um, so yeah, but let me get off of that. That's enough. That's a, a topic for another time. We will, what we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about a couple of things. The first things first, um, I know you, you heard these companies, um, donating, you know, 
donating to the Black Lives Matter movement, donating to the NAACP or some other social justice organization, companies like, you know, Facebook or um, Xfinity or um, Apple or um, the Loft. I got an email from the Loft the other day saying they they were donating like half a million dollars or something to the NAACP. Like all of these corporations are donating. They're saying, yeah, you might go on their website. It's a big old Black Lives Matter uh, banner on their website. Or it might say, um, we believe in social justice and all of this other stuff. I really, 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 really hope that they are sincere. They're not just trying to ride the bandwagon. Or let me say this so that you don't stop shopping it with us. Let me show you that I'm down with the black folk. We still want you to shop and buy, spend your money with us. So I'm hoping that that's not the case. Of course, that's the case in some instance, instances, but I'm hoping that's not every corporation. You know what I'm saying? I, I instead of them just writing checks and giving giving money to people, I hope I want them to do a few things. You know, create an equity board within your organization. And bring in different people. Bring in people from the NAACP. Bring in people from Campaign Zero. Zero. Bring in people from Color of Change. Bring in people from the AND campaign. Bring in people from um, Until Freedom. Bring in people from these various organizations that are for the prog- the forward progress of black people. Bring them in um, and let them sit, be a part of your equity board and show you how to bring truly bring diversity throughout your corporation from the C-suite to the front end, to the uh, customer service person. How do you truly bring diversity? How do you truly make sure, you know, how do you truly ensure that you really are um, for black people and for the, the equality and the forward progression of black people? You know, you cutting a check to the NAACP, that, okay, that's that. And there's no black people on your board. There's no black people in in your C-suite. There's no black middle managers. Like, that's that doesn't even make it. There's no black people in your marketing team. No black people in advertisement and sales. No black people in HR. Like, what? No, 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 no. You need to create equity boards on bring them on your team. And let them, let them help you to put together a plan on how to truly diversify your company if you really really about this thing you know what i'm saying all another thing you can do they can do is if you have your products are being made by prisoners you need to pull out of that and give give people jobs you need to because you you have prison labor making your and these people make like 60 cents a day making your products that you're selling for Hundreds of dollars? No, 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 no. And then when the, when these guys get out, guys and women get out of prison, you won't even hire them because you don't have a, a a felon hiring program. Create a felon if you're gonna if you're gonna use prisoners to make your products. Why don't you create a felon program? Don't even call it a felon program because they've done their time. Call it reentry program or whatever you want to call it. Um, AT and T, Victoria's Secret. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm calling you out. Um, who else? Um, it's a couple of them. They can, you know, do you realize that there are some, there are prisoners that answer the phones for AT&T that does customer service for AT&T and AT&T will not hire, not a one of them when they get out. So yeah, 
Um, it's a it's a bunch of them. Just Google who has who uh, who, <laughs> who has prisoners making their their clothing. Matter of fact, I'm gonna Google it for you. I'm not gonna let you. I'm I'm gonna I'm Google it for you, sugar. You just hold on. Hold on. Companies that have prisoners have prison labor. That's what I want. Bam. Let's see. Let me gonna call them all out. We're gonna call them all out. Victoria's Secret, Whole Foods. Um let's see. Walmart. Microsoft, Starbucks, BP, Nintendo, AT&T. I said them already. Target, uh, Unicorn, Dell, Eddie Bauer, Kmart, Boeing, Macy's, Wendy's, Verizon, McDonald's, Revlon, JCPenney, Sprint, um, Honda Motor Company, Fruit of the Loom, Intel, Nordstrom, Motorola, Koch Industries, Fidelity Investment, Pfizer, the drug manufacturer, Sarah Lee Corporation, Avis Rent-A-Car System, ExxonMobil, Bank of America, Procter & Gamble, Texas Instruments, Shell Oil, UPS, Hewlett-Packard, IBM, Johnson & Johnson, uh, Glasgow SmithKline, Mary Kay, United Airlines, State Farm, American Express, Honeywell, to name a few, all have prison labor. And but like I said, these these men and women when they get home, they can't go into any of these companies and apply for a job. So stop talking out of both sides of your mouth, corporations. If you really if you're really for the progression for progression of black people in this country, either stop doing slave labor, because you know most of the people in prisons are black and brown people. Either stop doing the slave labor or create a re-entry program where these guys are learning these guys and women can are getting skills and when they leave they can be hired right into your company pick one you can't do both you can't use their labor and then they can't work for you pick one really do some create i mean don't just have them creating your products in prison create a full-blown re-entry program where they come out into entry-level management programs not on the phone or cleaning up in housekeeping they come out making some real money in your organization that's what i'm talking about that's how you economic development is always the way it's always the best way to do equality to ensure equality so that people can have jobs where they can sustain themselves feed their families live in an environment where a respectable environment where they feel respected you know what i'm saying like equity development is it is where it's at so yeah, move it along. <laughs> Who else? So, okay. So, if you're feeling like, all right, it's a lot been happening. You know, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. You know, not with that protesting. So, what can I do? What can I do? Like, don't, first of all, take a break. Take a breath. Don't let people um, force you to feel like you got to do something. I got to do something. You gotta see you you have to sit with your if you sit with your family and see figure out as a family what what are we gonna do? How are we gonna how are we gonna participate in this movement? Are we gonna pray? If you be a Christian family, are we gonna we're gonna pray and just we're gonna pray and seek the Lord. Cool. 
We're going to we're going to go out. We're going to do prayer walks. If they're still protesting or whatever in your city, you know, your family might say, you know, we're going to go do prayer walks near where they're protesting at. And we're just going to pray that there is peace between the, the police officers and National Guard and the protesters, duh, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. You know, if you say, you know what, we're going to go out and we're going to give water to the protesters. We're just going to go give water to the protesters, the police officers, the National Guard. We're just going to give water. You know, you sit down with your family. And if you're single, you don't have a family, sit down with your, don't go out there by yourself. Don't do anything. Just let me just do something. No, sit and have a conversation with, with people in your circle. What can we do? What should we do as a collective, as a group? You know, what do we, what, what do you guys want to do? You know, so, um, digital activism is just as important as, um, the, the, the okay, let me back up. The main point, the main to me, in my opinion, the the highest level of activism I've all I've said it a million times is infiltration. How do you infiltrate into these systems? Whether it's legislative, whether it's law enforcement, whether it's medicine, whether it's um, it, uh, finance investments, whatever it is, how do you infiltrate these systems to bring justice and equality? Um, that's that infiltration is all, it's number one in my book. Number two, sorry. Number one is regeneration. People got to get born again. You got to change people's heart. Once their heart is changed, you know, then every, then it's, then it's not gravy, but you, you halfway there. Doggone it. You halfway there. Once people's heart is changed and turned towards the Lord, you halfway there, more than halfway there. Number two is infiltration. Um, and so, yeah. So that's that's the big thing for me. Um, so I was gonna say I, I think I lost my thought. Hold on. So digital activism is just as important. So don't feel like I, if I'm not doing something, I gotta. If I'm not calling the DA's office, I gotta. Like you, if you see something, repost it. Just you know, repost it. Follow the hashtags. Do you know? Maybe that's your thing. You just want to do digital activism. If there's a. Um, an email to be sent to a lawyer, a DA's office, or whatever. Or if there's a, they're asking for donations to the bail funds to to help the get the protesters released from jail. Maybe you do that. Um, maybe you know there are petitions you can sign. Change.org or the Color of Change. The, you know these guys are big with petitions. They're digital activists. To be honest, they create petitions for, I just signed a couple of petitions. I signed the petition to get the police officers that murdered Breonna Taylor, um, fired. I signed a petition, not only fired, but, um, charged. I signed a petition to get the Edmund Pettus bridge that's in Selma that they marched across from Selma to Montgomery for the, to, to get the right to vote, to get that name changed because Edmund Pettus is a racist KKK member. And that, that bridge needs to be changed. Um, to either Martin Luther King Bridge or somebody else that was <laughs> that was marching with them. It needs to be changed. I just signed that with the color of change, I believe. I signed a petition to get there's a school in my city called uh back home called Robert E. Lee High School. They they snatched that that statue down. I'm so proud of them people. Um Robert E. Lee was a a, a, a slave holding, raping racist. And no and that Robert E. that high school is full of black kids that mm. so I signed a petition to get that name I ain't even I don't even live there no more but I signed a petition to get that school name changed it, 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 
sidebar, there is not one school in my city in Montgomery, Alabama, named Martin Luther King High School. Not one. He don't even have a street in the city. That's crazy. That's crazy to me. There is a Rosa Parks Elementary. There's a George Washington Carver High School. Um, but there was no Martin Luther King, nothing. He, like I said, he don't have a street. He, there's Martin Luther King Day, of course. He, you know, there's a, you know, a civil rights museum there, but he needs a school. If you want to change the name of Robert E. Lee School to anything, it needs to be Martin Luther King High School. Okay, but I digress. Um, but yeah, maybe you do digital activism. You sign petitions. Um, sometimes, you know, with color of change or change.org may email you and say, hey, can you send emails to these people? It's usually like the legislative people who can make whatever policy change. And they'll give you um, the body of the email to send. And please don't, they ask you not to change the body. Send the, send the email just the way that they're asking you to send it. Addressing a DA's office or addressing the mayor's office or addressing the chief of police or the uh, police commissioner or whoever. Maybe digital activism is for you. Um, maybe you, again, like I said, maybe you donate to bail funds. Maybe you get people registered to vote because people still need to be registered to vote. So if voting is your thing and voter as voter education is your thing, an organization called Black Voters Matter That's Black Voters Matter They are separate from Black Black Lives Matter. They are two different organizations. This organization is founded by Tasha Tasha um, Brown, I believe is her last name. Wait, let me make sure I'm getting this right. She's from Selma, Alabama. I love her, honey. She's she <laughs> she plays no games. Let me make sure I got her name right though. Her name is Latasha. Oh man. Hold up. I'm gonna get it for you. Tasha. Which what you ask is? Hold on. Hold up. They don't love you like I love you. Slow down. Tasha Smith. No, that ain't it. <laughs> Making up stuff. Hold on. Uh, I'm about to find her. I'm going to find you. I know. I should have had it up already. But y'all know how I do. I like to Google stuff. So it's all good. Don't trip. Don't trip, love. Hold on. Tasha Brown. Doggone it. Tasha Brown. That's her name. She started it. Um, but you can go in there. And what she does, they go from city to city. They drive a big black, looks like a big black tour bus. And it says, Black Voters Matter. And they go from, right now they're in Kentucky. They're in St. Louis, Kentucky. No, Louisville, Kentucky. Getting, registering people to vote. They take people to voting polls. Side note. Um, Louisville, Kentucky had 2,000 polling places. Today is their day, their primary uh, election voting day. And they closed them down to 200. Two, from 2,000 to 200. That's crazy. But anyway, she drove her bus. It's, she has like a whole team. So they drove to Louisville, Kentucky today. And they're taking people. They take them people to, they take people to the polls. And she goes every election. 
she don't she ain't even from louisville kentucky she, i told y'all she's from selma alabama but she started this organization a few years ago she was like people gotta get people gotta register to vote she was in philly this past weekend registering protesters to vote she's no joke she listen it's a big it's a it's a nice tour bus too and she drives it from city to city. So if voter education is your thing, again, log on to blackvotersmatterfund.org. They also take donations. Um, but yeah, if you're like, okay, well, who do I listen to? Who who is at the helm of this? How do I get information? I want to be kept kept abreast of what's going on. You know, what are the changes and all that? So I'm going to give you some people that I listen to um, that you might want to listen to. Um, that's Angela Rye. You guys might know her from CNN. Um, she also has a show called One on One with Angela. She has a YouTube channel. Um, she's a civil rights attorney by trade. Um, yeah, excellent, excellent commentary on social justice and, and the progression of black people. Um, there's also Brittany Packnett Cunningham. She is the creator of Campaign Zero. She has a podcast um, along with two other gentlemen called Pod Save the People. That's P-O-D, Save the People. Um, she started, um, she was, not she didn't start it, but she she was on the front lines of the Ferguson uprising when um, the young man was murdered by the police officer. Um, so she's always on a panel discussion um, somewhere, somewhere, <laughs> you know, she, she, she did work with Obama, president Obama. She was a part of his something. She was somewhere in his campaign. I can't remember what she did, but that's Brittany Packett Cunningham. There's Tamika Mallory, which I know you all have heard, you know, she did the speech, um, in Minneapolis when it first went down and she, they, she was talking about you guys telling us to stop looting, but we learned looting from you. If you want us to do better then you, you do better. Um, that's Miss Tamika Mallory. Her organization is called Until Freedom. You can her in her name is spelled T A M I K A Mallory M A L L O R Y. Um, you can also follow um, my son, the General. That's M Y S O N N E, the General. He's a he's a he's the partner, um, the co-founder of Until Freedom with Tamika Mallory. Um, you can also find, uh, follow and listen to Tiffany D. Lofton. That's T-I-F-F-A-N-Y-D-L-O-F-T-I-N, Lofton. She is um, the youth and college um, coordinator for the NAACP in Washington, D.C., but she is all, you know, CNN, you name it. She's somewhere talking about the forward progression of black people and what the NAACP, she speaks on behalf of the NAACP and what they're doing. And so these are some people that you can listen to and stay abreast of what's going on. Um, who else? Um, if you want to listen to it from a Christian perspective, these guys, they, they talk about it from um, a, a strictly a social perspective. Remember last time, last episode, I talked to you about having um, believers, Christians have a so, an, an eternal perspective and a social perspective. Um, the guys that I just talked to you about, they simply have a social perspective, which is fine. You know, that, you know, that'll get things changed in this life, you know. Um, but we want to, as Christians, we want people's lives changed eternally. We want people to get the eternal perspective. So if you want to listen to what's happening from a Christian, a Christian perspective, you can check out the AND campaign. That's A-N-D-C-A-M-P-A-I-G-N and campaign. 
They're on, they have a YouTube channel. They're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can listen to Pastor Eric Mason of um, uh, Epiphany Fellowship. Um, you can listen to Dr. Tony Evans. Um, they, they all three do a, an amazing job tying in the eternal with the social. Um, so that's that. And we're going to take a little break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the lynchings that have happened um, in the last, since May 27th. All right. Stay tuned. Thank you guys for coming back. Thank you so much. Listen, you know, there has been five lynchings since May 27th. Four men and one woman. They've been found hanging from trees in uh, Portland, Oregon, Southern California, Houston, and New York City. And all of their murders, I call them murders, their lynchings have been ruled a suicide. And I'm not the only one, you know, that think that this, that, that know that these are not suicides. These are statements and messages that, um, some racist little pricks are trying to send out. Um, and so, but I'm gonna get to them in a minute. Um, I, I want, I hope the families, first of all, they're grieving. And so when you're grieving, you just kind of, sometimes you just stand still cause you're just so heartbroken, man. You just can't believe that your loved one is gone. Um, I pray that, you know, they're able to kind of, as they're, as they're grieving, that they get active about, you know, like, okay, cause the police, they've already ruled it a suicide. I pray that they, you know, if they can hire a private investigator, ask to look at all footage. Cause there's footage, there's cameras everywhere on street lights, stop signs everywhere. So I hope they ask to see foot camera footage. Um, I hope that they, um, like I said, get private investigators to, to, to backtrack and see what's, what really, really happened. Um, that they stay on the foot of the neck of the, the DA, the department of justice in their city, keep their foot on their neck. Like, no, no, no. You're going to keep investigating. These are, you're not going to close these cases. My loved one didn't hang himself. You know, and so one of the guys in Southern California, they said he was homeless and um, but he was found hung with a USB cord. Now, what homeless person, you know, walking around with a USB cord? You see what I'm like? No, bro, that, that that's going to be a no for me, dog. You can't you can't put that up. You're not going to be able to convince me that this man or any of these any of the five people is four men and one woman, one woman. You're not going to convince me that any of these people killed themselves. And so my condolences out to the family and everybody that loved them, their friends, you know, um, but I pray for justice, that justice is found. I pray that the, the FBI step their game up because I, okay, this is what I feel. I feel like it's some racist organization. One or a bunch of them have gotten together and they've just, cause we're in the middle of a war here. We're in the middle of a battle of a racial justice battle. I won't call it a race war. I've seen some articles that say, oh, we're in the middle of a race war. So this is da 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 da. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to call it a race war. I'm going to call it, we're in the middle of a, a, a battle of, of equality. And so, um, and one of the young men, quiet as kept, 
he was protesting. He was on the front line protesting. So he just went from protesting to hanging himself. Nah, I think he was he was the one in Portland, I think. If I'm not from either Portland or New York, I'm not sure. But one of them in one of the cities, he was on the front lines protesting and he was found hanging from a tree. Um, and they ruled his death a suicide. And so, um, and it's, it's, it's crazy stuff is happening. Cause let me tell you, my sister is in Illinois. I'm not going to say what part of Illinois, cause if something happened to my sister, honey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, wherever she, I'm a burn the whole city down. I'm telling you now, <laughs> but she was in, she's in Illinois right now. And, um, she, her, she was coming, she gets off work late. So she was get she got off work, working with one of her coworkers and a, a, a truck was following them full of white dudes in a, like a Chevy, like a pickup truck following her. And so following her and her coworkers. So they noticed it. So they like, all right, what's, what's going on? So they, the truck sped past them a little bit and threw a brick through the window. So they ran back into their jobs, went, filed a police report, all that bing, bing, bing. I was on the phone with her till like two o'clock in the morning. I was like, where you at now? You, you at home now? Where you? Duh, duh, duh. And so I was, yeah, I was, I was nervous. So that's, that kind of, that's the kind of stuff that's happening in the, I got a, a, a sister-in-law in the Midwest. She was telling me that one of her friends, her, their son was walking, but he was with one of his homeboys, which is a good thing. They were walking, car full of white dudes, call them, call them a nigga. But they didn't, you know, they kept going. Like, this kind of stuff is happening. So I say all that to say, listen, don't let your loved one be out there by yourself. If you're not strapped, if you're not carrying, um, you need to carry. I, I done told y'all that a hundred times. You need to carry, especially now more than ever. You need to get licensed. If you ain't got, li- if, you you, if you don't feel like, well, I don't want to carry no gun, then you need to get some, a taser or you need to get some um, mace um, or you need to... <laughs> I was about to take you back to 1992. I was about to say, you need to learn how to carry a razor under your tongue. But I don't want you to do that. Never mind. Scratch. The- <laughs> to all my 90s babies, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But don't do that. Don't do that. But you, listen, try not to go nowhere by yourself, especially at night. If you got to go somewhere, if you're working, and you know, you might work overnight and you might be on the bus or the train or whatever. Have somebody walk you to the bus or the train station. And then when you get off, have somebody meet you there. You know what I'm saying? Um, Because it's crazy out here. It's crazy, bro. It's crazy, B. Um, I'm not not trying to to make you scared. Because we still got to live our life. Like, you ain't about to scare me. I'm still going to be out here. Um, But, you know, you got to, you just, we got to protect each other. If you see something crazy, get involved. Don't let nobody... Don't let nobody snatch nobody up. Don't let nobody. I saw, listen, I know I keep saying I see all these. I saw a thing today. The young lady said, if you walking down the street and the police pull somebody over and you black, you better stop. And they black, you better stop walking, pull out your phone <laughs> and record. We going to make them know that we. I'm watching you. We watching you. I was dying. That was funny to me. But anyway. Um, just be, be careful out there, man. Okay. Like I said, I'm not trying to scare people, but we're in the middle of a war, man. We're in the middle of a war, a war for equality. We're trying to, um, systems need to be dismantled and, and destroyed and rebuilt, um, with equity in mind, with equality in mind, man. Um, I was, 
bro, if you don't know how the police, how policing started, policing started with slave, with slave catchers, um, back during, back during slavery. So they evolved from slave catchers to policing black communities. So, um, I'm not saying the, the whole police department, but the policing of black communities, the heavily, heavy policing of black communities evolved from slave catchers. Google it. Don't take my word for it. Google it. Um, so they, they, <laughs> so when people, when people say defund police, you know, there's a big, I don't want to say debate or argument, but there's a, a big discussion on defunding the police. Should we defund them? Should we, what should we do? Um, I don't, nobody's saying dis, discard the police department. You need the police department. Nobody's, nobody's denying that. You know, if somebody's being raped, you need the police to come out and handle that. You know what I'm saying? If somebody's being kidnapped, you need the police to come out and handle that. If somebody is, um, I don't know, if somebody's robbing a bank, you need the police to come out and handle that. You know what I mean? But we don't need the heavily, you don't need the heavy policing in black communities. Like, not with the attitude that some of these guys and women have coming in. We, that's got to change. It has to stop. Like I said before, and I've said it a hundred times, policing, police officers, training, it has to be, the, the hiring process has to be more strenuous. You can't just get your butt off the couch. You can't find no other job and you just decide you want to be a police officer. That just, that can't be. That just, that has to stop. You know what I'm saying? You Six weeks of training and now you're on the street with assault rifles and uh, Glock pistols and you know, you got a, a taser and uh, all kind of stuff. And you, six weeks? Man, no, 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 bro. That's got to stop. So I've seen conversations and I've watched panels and stuff like that with some of the people that I, like I said, Brittany and Tamika and all of them talking about defunding the police. They're talking about defunding heavy policing in black and brown communities that defund, defund um, police uh shields that protect police officers when they do crimes they there's a heavy protection behind them that's why they can't get fired or if they do get fired they could just go to another police precinct in another city and work somewhere else so that they're, they're talking about defunding that taking away the insurances so when you do when you get an infraction on your record as a police officer you get fired immediately you don't get to do you don't get to kill five six seven eight nine ten people and still keep your job you know what I mean? That's what that they're talking about. That kind of defunding. Take away their, take away their pension. Your pension will go into. Um, if some if they sue the department, it's coming out of your pension. You know what I mean? Um, you, you you don't get promoted if you get all these infractions on your record as a police officer. That's that's what they mean when they're talking about defunding. They're not talking about let's dis, discard the whole police. That's dumb. Nobody's saying that. Do your research before you jump on bag wagons. Um, but yeah, um, that's all I want to say about that. I just stay safe, watch your back, go out in groups because, oh, let me backtrack. What I want to say, the FBI needs to do a better job because these guys, these, the men, the racist, the racist men and women that are lynching these people, that have lynched these people, there is chatter on, on dark websites I know it is because they're like Al-Qaeda. You know how Al-Qaeda, when they do stuff, they like to take credit for it. These 
white supremacy organization somewhere on some social media platform, they're taking credit for these lynchings. Like I said, either there's a one group or there are multiple groups. They've decided, they've come together, they put their waterheads together and decided, you know what, since they wanna fight for equality, we're gonna send them a message. We're gonna send them a message. We're gonna murder them. We're gonna lynch them. The more you protest, the more we lynch. But let me tell you something, you don't, you got, you, you will not silence us. We will not back down. We will, we will not uh, stop fighting to be uh, no, uh, recognized as human beings in this country. You will not shut us up. We're going to continue to infiltrate your systems, destroy your systems, and build them more equitably. I don't even know if that's a word, but I said it anyway. Um, we're going to keep our foot on your neck. We're going to keep it on your neck. We're going to keep reminding you that you are where you are because your ancestors were rapists and lyncher and they lynched people and they murdered people and they looted people. And you are benefiting from the violence that your ancestors did. We're going to keep putting that in your face. Okay? <laughs> you're not going to... You're not. You're, you, you will not. You will not. So, I just... Man, like I said... Uh, defend yourself. You have a right to the bare arms. Um, in, in any shape or form, not any shape or form. Let me not say that. You got a right to, you do have a right to get a, get a, a gun. That is your right. Um, check with your state about uh, tasers. Um, make sure that it's legal in your city. I mean your city, not your states. Make sure it's legal and mace and all that kind of stuff. But you do have a right to get a bare an arm unless you have a felony on your record. And then look into getting that felony expunged if you can so that you can bear arms. Um, like I said, we will not be silent. We will not be silent. And I also want to end it with this. I know, I, you know, I usually say I want to see you in heaven with me, but I want to end it like this instead. Show up 100% your full black self. Don't silence your style. Don't silence your voice. Don't feel uncomfortable. Know this, your lineage is throughout the Bible. You are a descendant of Ham, one of Noah's son, one of Noah's sons. You are throughout the Bible. God used black, you eat the Ethiopian eunuch, Queen of Sheba, Nimrod. Like we are all throughout the Bible. You understand what I'm saying? So you can, that, that alone should build your esteem. You see yourself in the Bible of God, the word of God. Black folk can see themselves and be proud that God, we're not some second thought, some afterthought. We were very, we were a forethought in the mind of God. And incidentally, all people, all ethnic groups come out of the sons of Noah. Black people come out of his son, Ham. Um, and so you know, you can be proud of that. And then secondly, you can be proud that 90% of the inventions in this country were made by black folk. Google it. Anything you, the cell, the, the cell phone, the mailbox, ice cream. Um, what else? <laughs> Compu the first computer, the super soaker, you name it. 90% of stuff created in this country was created by black people. That's not the clock, the, 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 um, 
the architecture of Washington, D.C., Benjamin Banneker. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? So you can be proud of that. You can be proud of that. Don't think that, oh, who we are are the people that come into these economically disadvantaged communities. That's not who we are. That's who we, our great-grandparents were forced into those communities. And generation after generation after generation, we've, we've adapted to that. That's not who we are, though. That's not who we are. Push back against that. You are not uh, a poor person. Um, you are maybe economically disadvantaged right now, but you well, you wealth is directly related to ideas. So if you have ideas in your mind, you can turn those ideas into finance into finances. So don't so don't don't say I'm just poor, financially poor. I'm in this this horrible community. And if you are in a disadvantaged community. Bring your community together. And, and if your community is debilitated and falling apart, somebody in your community knows construction. Somebody in your community knows how to paint. Somebody in your community is a is a plumber. Somebody in your community is an electrician. Somebody in your community knows how to do landscaping. Take the, the resources within your community and transform your community. Get together. If there's an abandoned building in your community, abandoned house, y'all get together and buy that house from the city. And then buy another one, and then buy another one, and then buy another one, and then buy another one. Don't let them gentrify your community. Make your Bring your community up, and then people going to want to be in your community. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's, that's my, if I could have any job in the world... I would love to have a job where I do economic development in marginalized communities. And, and, I, and I, all I did was write programs all day to help community members to build their, their community, to transform their community, to give them the information and the resources that they need to rebuild their community themselves. Forget the government. Forget outside help. That they would, I, I, that's, that, man, I would love that job in a heartbeat. So that's what I say. Take, show up 100% your beautiful black self. And if you are Latin X, listen to this, this podcast, show up 100% your beautiful Latin self. And if you are white, listen to this podcast, show up 100% your beautiful white self. I'm not a, seg- uh, a segregationist. I'm not anti-white. Um... But I'm definitely, and I'm not pro-black in the, in the sense that, oh, black people are greater than, than white people. And I'm, I'm not into any of that. I'm into, I am, I'm proud of that God made me black. I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud of how I, who I look, how I look. And I'm proud of the lineage that I came from. Somebody from on the middle passage that's in my family line, they survived the middle freaking passage. They survived it. And they're here. And because of them, I'm here today. Like, how can I walk around with my head down? How can I be? And like I said, before all of that, I'm in the Bible. My face, people that look like me are in the Bible. Bruh, you, you can't get no great. You can't get no higher level of esteem than that. Like, and if you don't believe in the Bible, bruh, I'm, I'm so sorry. But you a fool. I'm just going to, I got to call it like I call it. If you don't believe in, in Christ and the word of God, you're a fool. Um, and, and you need to change. You can do something about that right now.
you can be like, I don't know, understand what she was saying. I don't know what she talking about. I ain't, I, I ain't with no white Jesus. Well, Jesus wasn't white, so you, so you good. <laughs> he not, he didn't have no white skin, no blonde hair, no blue eyes. So you already good. So you can discard that from the from the rip. But talk to God. Talk to him about your you don't understand what you don't understand and what you need help in. Talk, just talk to him. Talk to him. Talk to him. Talk to him like you talk to your homie. Talk to him. And I pray that somebody that really represents Jesus Christ for real will come into your life sooner rather than later so that you can see a real life example of a Christian. And that's it. I'll talk to you. I'll talk y'all to death. And like I always say, I want to see you in heaven with me and I'm out.